Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You know, Republicans, that is, constitutional conservatives, more precisely, will never be able to advance a freedom agenda as long as Mitch McConnell is the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate. And the man they're lining up behind Mitch McConnell... John Cornyn of Texas or John Thune of South Dakota. They are a mirror image of McConnell. And behind them they have this fellow Barrasso. These are nebishes. These are largely unprincipled men who are clever in the ways of Washington with average or worse IQs. But they know how to gather power, operate in the shadows, behind the scenes, away from you and me and away from the public. Let me ask you a question. How often has Mitch McConnell appeared on my program? How often has Mitch McConnell appeared on Hannity, on Fox? How often has Mitch McConnell appeared on Tucker, on Fox? I don't know that he's ever appeared. I don't know that he ever will. John Cornyn, unless he's running, you don't see or hear from him. John Thune, largely the same thing. These are men who exploit the constitutional conservative base of their own party, but resent it. Because you and I demand action. You and I understand the threat of American Marxism. 
You and I want the Constitution enforced. They are dealers. They are wheelers. They are hustlers. They are rarely attacked by big media because they often use big media to advance their agenda, which is not your agenda. Has Mitch McConnell said that Joe Biden should be impeached because he has violated virtually every single immigration law on the books? No, he has not. No, he has not. Has Mitch McConnell said that Joe Biden should be impeached because he's negotiating with the regime in Iran secretly without sharing information with the Senate that would have the responsibility to approve any treaty? Because Biden wants to go around the treaty clause of the Constitution? No, he has not. Has Mitch McConnell done anything in all his years as the Republican leader about spending in Congress? No. But Mark, he's good on judges, ladies and gentlemen. Let me suggest to you that if a constitutional conservative were the Republican leader in the Senate, he or she would be good on judges too. But just how good on judges has he been? Not so great. We've got a mess on the Supreme Court. And other courts too. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a Republican leader in the Senate who could actually communicate with the public? Rather than work behind closed doors? Threaten conservative members? Oh yeah, they've told me. Cutting off their fundraising and and so forth and so on. Mitch McConnell is a Svengali. He brings nothing but raw, crass power demands to the table. That's it. Throughout the country, he uses his National Republican Senatorial Committee to raise funds for moderate to liberal Republicans against Republicans supported by the base of his own party. Now, the Democrat base would not tolerate this from Schumer. The Democrat base would not tolerate this from Pelosi. But apparently we tolerate an awful lot from McConnell. We gave them a majority in the House. We gave them a majority in the Senate. And they hated us. We, the Tea Party movement. Do you know why we still have a Department of Education? Because Ronald Reagan tried to zero it out on the budget, it was blocked by the Republicans in the Senate. The Republican majority in the Senate that rode his massive victory to the majority status. Why is it that when the Democrats are elected, they actually do make fundamental changes? But when the Republicans control the House and the Senate... They do not. Why is that? Why is it that the teachers unions get stronger under the Democrats but not weaker under the Republicans? Why is it that the government gets massively bigger under the Democrats and massively bigger under the Republicans? Why is it that the southern border is porous under the Democrats and porous under the Republicans? Why is it that the debt grows under the Democrats and it grows under the Republicans? And then when there's a strong Republican leader in the White House, whether it be a Reagan or a Trump, 
They undermine him. They never undermined either Bush. George H.W. Bush was one of them. George W. Bush is one of them. They're staffers. All over the media are one of them. Still trashing Trump. We the base. We bring them their victories. We the base. We're the ones confronting the teachers unions. We're the ones confronting the school boards. We're the ones confronting critical race theory. We're the ones who confronted massive confiscatory taxes. We're the ones rallying against open borders. Us. Those of you who've organized, those of you who are activists, when you do what you do, do you find yourselves surrounded by rhinos who are trying to advocate for a better country or trying to cut deals with the people who want to destroy our classrooms, our economic system, our immigration system? Always looking for middle ground. Why is it that Lisa Murkowski And Susan Collins and Mitt Romney are treated with respect by the Republican leadership and establishment in Washington. But individuals like Josh Hawley and Mike Lee and Rand Paul are not. Think about it. We must remove this so-called Republican leadership in the Senate, or we cannot advance the cause of liberty, free market capitalism, a secure border, and a thousand other things, as long as the same old, tired, narcissistic, self-aggrandizing hacks are in charge of the vote. And behind the scenes threaten those often the more freshmen among them, who dare to step out. Mitch McConnell is a political thug. That's what he is. And when they come out to speak and he's surrounded by his consigliaries, it's disgusting. Mitch McConnell in all his years has done nothing to strengthen the Republican Party, nothing to strengthen the conservative movement. He's done nothing to broaden the base of liberty. The fact that he exists seems to be the biggest reason he's supported by National Review and the Wall Street Journal. Oh, he takes care of the corporatists. He takes care of them. This guy was never a Reaganite. He never supported the Tea Party movement. He never supported Trump. That's quite obvious. And he doesn't support the grassroots movement today that helped elect Glenn Youngkin governor. But he always exploits it and takes advantage of it. The more senators that come to Washington, D.C., the more powerful his control, even though he hates the people who vote for them. He hates the Republican base as much as Hillary Clinton hates the Republican base. When is the last time he's reached out to any solidly conservative organization in the Republican base? When is the last time he's attended a grassroots rally of conservatives? 
When's the last time he's met with them? I've got more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mitch McConnell today gave aid and comfort to the liars of the country. He keep talking about January 6th as a violent insurrection. Not to be surprised, really. A violent insurrection. There were violent people. There were rioters there who broke doors and broke windows and attacked the cops. Those are violent people who assaulted and should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And it's my understanding is they are being prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And should be. But nobody's talking about them. We're talking about the hundreds of people who didn't break into the Capitol building. Who didn't break windows and break doors. Who didn't attack the police. Yet are caught up in this as a result of a bizarre dragnet that's been thrown on top of them. By 10 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time, I will have interviewed, thoroughly as I have on the radio, but with video this time, and even more extensively, Brandon Strzok, the walkaway movement. He plays his entire video, and we walk through it step by step. You're going to find this chilling, if not beyond belief, what was done to this man. We have the video. Now, I draw these conclusions. He made a plea deal, and he sticks with it. But I didn't make a plea deal, and I can say whatever the hell I want to. But you need to watch this on Levin TV tonight. LevinTV.com. If you're not a member, LevinTV.com. You've got to look at this. It's worth the entire one-year membership fee. But Mitch McConnell won't look at this. He doesn't care about this. He, the Bushes and the Cheneys, the usuals. Rather than talking today about how Joe Biden is destroying America, how his radical appointees and their radical agenda is destroying this country with 
open borders and fentanyl killing our kids and criminals coming into this country, people with all kinds of diseases coming into this country, rather than focus on that, rather than focus on the level of murder that's going on in this country, which is beyond description, rather than voting for over a trillion dollars in new spending on infrastructure when the vast majority didn't go to infrastructure, further indebting our children and grandchildren to a bleak and impoverished future. This is what Mitch McConnell focuses on. January 6th, which he called a violent insurrection. A violent insurrection is when people storm a building with weapons, if necessary, shoot, injure, and kill people, including members of Congress, maybe even the Vice President, take over the Capitol building, make demands in an effort to take over the government. That would be a violent insurrection. That would be a violent insurrection, which should be put down and prevented with every ounce of defense that we could raise. What happened on January 6th, a violent insurrection, the only shooting that occurred was the Capitol policeman blindly shooting into the crowd and killing an innocent woman who was there, yes, but hadn't lifted a finger to hurt anybody and was not carrying a weapon. This is part of the reason the media in America have to say five people died that day or five people died as a result of the violent insurrection. No, they didn't. One person died that day as a result of a police officer shooting that person, which has still not been properly investigated. But we're not special pleaders for violent people. Day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, we demand respect for law enforcement, and we demand that the book be thrown at violent criminals. Whether it's January 6th, whether it's June 6th, or whenever it is. We don't have to explain ourselves. We're utterly and completely consistent. It's the people who report who are not utterly and completely consistent. It's the Democrat Party that's not utterly and completely consistent. It's Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsinger who are not utterly and completely consistent. More when I return. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. 
Start receiving your own free copy of this great Digest of Liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. Mitch McConnell today on January 6th at a press conference. Go ahead. Well, let me give you my view of what happened January the 6th. And we're all, we're here. We're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose. Actually, of most of you didn't see what happened. To be perfectly honest with you, you, you ran, I understand that, or you hid. So you didn't actually see what happened, um, but that's all right. Go ahead. The peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was. No, actually, there were serious questions raised. There were important lawsuits brought up, one of them in Pennsylvania that's still being litigated, another one that raises questions as well. Let me, let me take you back to 2000. We'll pick up where he left off, but it's predictable. Before the United States Supreme Court stepped in Bush versus Gore, was that a legitimate election? Was it legitimate? I would ask the Bushies this, the Rhinos, the never-Trumpers, all the experts. Was that a legitimate election before the Supreme Court stepped in to stop the Florida Supreme Court from changing the rules? Now, if all these Bush supporters on radio, on TV, they know who they are and you know who they are, in politics and so forth... The establishment repubes who will defend what the Supreme Court did in that case, as I have. And they would have told you that no, it wasn't legitimate what was going on, which is why the Supreme Court of the United States stepped in in the first place. Why did they step in? Well, what did they say about why they stepped in? They said they stepped in. To put an end to what the Florida Supreme Court was doing. Now, why did they do that? Why was it any of their business? Andy, National Review, why why was it any of their business? Paul, Wall Street Journal, why was it any of their business? Mitch, why was it their business? Why did they step in? Because the Supreme Court of Florida was violating the federal constitution. Oh, tell me how, Mark. How was the Supreme Court of Florida, but not the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania? How was the Supreme Court of Florida violating the U.S. Constitution? George W., Dick over there, Liz, what was the Supreme Court in Florida doing that offended the Supreme Court of the United States? What were they doing? They were changing the voting rules. Changing the voting rules? Yes, why? to try and push Al Gore across the finish line. Oh, so the court had to step in to ensure that the election results were not overturned and that the election was legitimate. Oh, what was the vote? 
seven to two. Who was the Chief Justice? William Rehnquist. Was it a legitimate election after the Supreme Court intervened and stopped the state Supreme Court? Well, yes. Right? But the Supreme Court would not step in in states like Pennsylvania. Where the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania effectively, not precisely, but effectively did the same thing as the Supreme Court of Florida. But it wouldn't step in. Why? Because the Chief Justice is Roberts, not Rehnquist. Rehnquist was a brilliant principled man. Roberts is not particularly intelligent and is highly political. So the matter comes to Congress. And the same people who hated Trump in 2016 hate Trump in 2020. Now let me ask you a political question. Do you think Mitch McConnell gives a damn if Donald Trump is president or not since he won re-election? Do you think he gives a damn? Don't you think he wants Donald Trump swept off the political landscape and his support is swept off the political landscape so he can become even more powerful. Don't you think that? If he hated the Tea Party, he hates the Trump supporters. He didn't back Reagan. He didn't back Trump. It was a legitimate, he says, passing of power peacefully from one administration to the other. The insurrection, as they call it, didn't begin on January 6th, and it's still not over. It began when the Democrat Party and its lawyers and the Biden campaign went into court after court, pressured governor after governor, secretary of state after secretary of state to change the rules to benefit Biden and his party. When Zuckerberg put in over $400 million to basically take over local Democrat area boards of election. When hundreds of millions of dark money flowed into the campaign to support the litigation activities of the Democrats. These are legitimate issues to raise in a free country if people wish to remain free. There's nothing wrong with discussing it or debating it. The same people who brought us Russia collusion now want you to shut your mouth. The same media that participated in that now try to disqualify you as a thoughtful human being, if you dare to raise it. I don't care what they say and think. I don't care. That's why to get caught up in ballot machines and they counted this many ballots over, there's a bigger picture here that had a bigger effect than any ballot or machine and so forth. It's the changing of the election laws. In 2000, the Supreme Court stepped in and stopped the Florida Supreme Court. Twenty years later, the Supreme Court refused to step in and stop the Pennsylvania court or any other court or bureaucracy in any state. And now the system is tainted. There's a cancer on it. It is spreading. 
So Mitch McConnell stands there and talks about everything is fine and how the thing moved from peaceful from one uh, administration to the other. He's a jackass. He's so over his head. Go ahead and start from the beginning, Mr. Producer. Mitch McConnell today, go. Well, let me give you my view of what happened January the 6th. And we're all, we're here. We're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. There you That's, go. There you go. Does anybody think that a peaceful transition of power that is from one administration to the next was prevented? Was prevented? Even the, the people who stupidly, unbelievably broke into the Capitol building and attacked cops violently they were a ragtag group of, uh, I don't know what they were. But that they were going to, were they, were they, is there any piece of evidence that's been presented to the American people or in any open court yet that their goal was to take over the government and prevent the installation of Joe Biden as opposed to protesting it? And exactly how were they going to accomplish this, Mr. Producer? A lot of them look like they broke into the Capitol building. They're wandering around saying, well, what's next, right? There's no plan. They found some guy who had Legos at the Capitol building, and they leaked that as some big issue, and it turns out he bought it a long time ago for his kid. Are there some plans that somebody's aware of? Any of you federal judges that have heard these cases, you see any plans? Whether it was a... Was, was there a cache of weapons somewhere? Was there, what, what exactly provides the support for this scenario? Look, I know I get attacked when I raise this. I don't care. I want to know what the hell's going on. And no, I don't support what took place. And I'm sick of hearing that. But I don't support this crap either. Let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you a little story. Over at Blaze Media. Chris Enlow. Good job there, young man. Some real reporters. Montel Terrell Lee pleaded guilty to burning down a pawn shop in Minnesota during the May 2020 riots triggered by George Floyd's death. But Lee received a relatively light sentence despite the arson resulting in one man's death after prosecutors argued for leniency. He killed a man. He burned a building to the ground. And prosecutors argued for leniency. And I'm supposed to keep bringing my hands about men and women who trespassed on the Capitol building and probably didn't even know that when you step on the Capitol uh, grass or the stairs... That you're officially trespassing. I didn't know that. Obviously, in the building is one thing. The the judge goes below the guidelines, gives him a 10-year term, and the Department of Justice under Biden and demerit 
to Merrick Garland are asking for leniency. They didn't bring up Martin Luther King's name, for God's sakes. On May 28, 2020, Lee and others broke into the Mayotte Pawn Shop in Minneapolis. According to the Justice Department, surveillance footage captured Lee, quote, pouring a fire accelerant around the pawn shop and lighting the accelerant on fire. The fire destroyed the building. About two months later, the remains of 30-year-old Oscar Lee Stewart were recovered in the rumble of where the pawn pawn shop once stood. An African-American. Killed by another African-American. Doesn't matter, I guess, right? The Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office later ruled Stewart's death a homicide caused by smoke and fire the arson, KARTV reported. In 2021, last year, Lee pleaded guilty to a single count of arson. Despite the medical examiner's determination that Stewart died from that fire, Lee was never charged with Stewart's death. Was he charged with trespassing or parading? On January 14, Lee was sentenced to 120 months in prison. Ten years. A significant variance from sentencing guidance, which outlined a 235 to 240 month sentence. It's about 20 years. And he even wasn't charged with murder. The federal attorneys tasked with prosecuting the case, W. Anders Falk and Thomas Calhoun Lopez, pushed for a lenient sentence, despite admitting that Lee committed a crime that cost a man his life. And I got to sit here and listen to this crap from Mitch McConnell and the rest of them? Describing the case as extraordinary, the prosecutors asked for a sentence of just 144 months in federal prison, arguing Lee's motive for the crime is foremost issue in determining the appropriate punishment. Here's what they wrote in the sentencing memo. Mr. Lee credibly states he was in the streets to protest unlawful police violence against black men, and there's no basis to disbelieve the statement. Who cares? He burned down a building and killed a man. Mr. Lee appropriately acknowledges that he could have demonstrated in a different way, but he was caught up in the fury of the mob after living, a, watch, after living as a black man watching his peers suffer at the hands of police. Incredibly, completely political. As anyone watching the news worldwide knows, these are prosecutors. Many other people in Minnesota were similarly caught up. There appear to have been many people in those days looking only to exploit the chaos and disorder, the interest. Listen to this. Excusing the mob, excusing the politics, excusing the death. He wasn't even charged with the killing of the man. Shockingly, the prosecutors even cited Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when commenting on the motive of Lee's crime, which again resulted in the death of another person. Quote, And even the great American advocate for nonviolence and social justice, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., stated in an interview with CBS's Mike Wallace in 1966 that we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. At his sentencing, Lee apologized to Stewart's family and said he wishes he could take back his actions. He admitted he stood by his reasons for acting out violently. I was hoping to be another voice added to the cry for change. I wanted to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem, though I don't stay, stand by my actions. Though I do, don't stand by my actions. I stand by my reasons. Guy's got a criminal record. 
How many people did the insurrectionists kill on January 6th? None. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Well, let's see. Shutting down the economies of the states, as the Democrat governors did, that didn't work, according to Johns Hopkins. Didn't do a damn thing. So destroying businesses, destroying jobs, destroying families, destroying lives, as they did, uh, was not the answer, of course, as we all knew, to the virus. Masks. Masks do not have a provable effect. The effect is negligible particularly on children in schools, and yet the Democrats continue to push this. Some of them are giving it up, but the pockets are strong, like in Virginia and other states. So let's see. Shutting things down didn't work. Mass didn't work. And yet the country has been changed, has it not, ladies and gentlemen, the acceptance of totalitarianism. Among Democrats, you have to admit, Democrats like totalitarianism, even their rank and file. Wear a mask. They don't have any idea what the hell's going on. Well, put a condom on your head, you jerk. That'll, that'll protect everybody. What about, you know, I got to invent like these massive condoms for people to put on their... Well, you understand. That way, they're ready for everything. See you in a minute. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Just to show you how a complete lack of ethics and integrity and honesty exists, not just on the left, but among their leaders. Barack Milhouse Benito Obama. 
and Eric Holder. They attack Republican states for gerrymandering. Even though any objective report indicates that the Democrats are kicking the Republicans' asses when it comes to gerrymandering. And I've also been talking about how the Democrat Party using their allies at the Department of Injustice and the Uncivil Rights Division are abusing the 1965 Civil Rights Act. The 1965 Civil Rights Act, a.k.a. the Voting Rights Act, isn't about electing more Democrats. It's about ensuring that people have a right to vote and that their right to vote isn't diminished by gerrymandering. It was at least initially thought in southern states, particularly. But that's not what's happening. They're using the 1965 Civil Rights Act to eliminate Republican seats and create more solidly Democrat seats. In Maryland, they have one Republican seat left. The redistricting would eliminate that. And the overwhelming Democrat House and Senate in Maryland, which in part is overwhelmingly Democrat, not just because there's more Democrats there, but because they've gerrymandered their own seats. They're now gerrymandering the seats in Pennsylvania. Why? To ensure that the Democrats take over the State House in Pennsylvania. See, they never stop. In New York, they will wipe out all but three or four Republican states. Even though New York is hemorrhaging population, it's still a huge state with a huge population base. Do you really think there should only be three or four Republican seats in the entire state of New York? They're doing this everywhere. They're slip-and-fall lawyers, back with dark money, everywhere. Now, when the Republicans gerrymander, or try to use it to their advantage, in Texas or Florida, in the case of Florida, it's the governor who's trying to defend. His Republican legislature is weak. It's the governor who's trying. Do you think... uh, That's automatically a violation of the Civil Rights Act in 1965. So Holder and Obama slammed the Republican states for gerrymandering. There's no pushback. Nothing. Even according to 538, which is a left left of center operation, Democrats have flipped more seats than Republicans through redistricting so far. The Cook Report says exactly the same thing. Anybody who can do basic arithmetic knows that. Former President Obama, former Attorney General Holder, writes Fox, spent the past several months lambasting Republican states for gerrymandering, but they are not addressing Democrat-controlled states for doing the same thing. Obama last Friday criticized Alabama's congressional map and praised Holder's National Democratic Redistricting Committee for, quote, fighting so hard to make sure people everywhere have an equal opportunity to choose their representatives. No, they're not. They're not fighting to make sure people everywhere have an equal opportunity to choose their representatives at all. Holder, in an appearance on MSLSD this month, advocated for fair line drawing, quote, unquote, and said Republicans game the system in redistricting after the 2010 census. He has also attacked red states for gerrymandering for months. 
They focus on Texas. It's being sued by the Department of Justice. You see, the goals of the Democrats and the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division are identical. Isn't that interesting? Identical. Texas is being sued by the DOJ, which has alleged the state through its congressional districts with the aim of limiting the impact of minority voters. It's not the only red state that gerrymanders are calling to the holder-run organization. Recent news releases by his group take Republicans in states from Tennessee to Kansas to New Hampshire and Ohio to task for gerrymandering efforts. Ohio Republicans' map is said to be particularly egregious. The Ohio map, analyzed by the Princeton uh, Gerrymandering Project, oh, I'm sure that's great, gets an F. Obama and Holder are silent, though, on Democrat-led states. Maryland faces multiple lawsuits. Illinois congressional map includes several districts that snake narrowly through Chicago neighborhoods and suburbs before spreading out into nearby suburban and rural areas reducing the chance that any of those areas could elect a Republican. Another district starts on the western edge of the state across the river from St. Louis, Missouri, and cuts almost all the way across the state to the Indiana line in the shape of an apostrophe. Both of those maps got an F2. In New York, the most recent blue state to release its redistricting plan, which Governor Kathy... (laughs) signed into law Thursday. It eliminates four Republican districts shrinking the Republican congressional delegation by 50%. By 50%. Unlike the Democrats' Illinois gerrymander, which was thrown together pretty sloppily at the last minute, I can only find a few isolated places where in the New York gerrymandering strands Democrat votes in GOP districts, and even then, we're talking fractions of points, Cook political editor David Wasserman said, it's a brutal map in New York for Republicans. Representatives for Obama and for Holder's NDRC didn't respond to a request for comment. Holder's group specifically touts its Fair Districts pledge to end gerrymandering with redistricting that ends map manipulation. Didn't comment on whether New York, Illinois, and Maryland maps follow the pledge. Yeah, right. But the Democrats are way ahead in this regard. Um... And this is why I keep saying what the Republicans get so damn cocky, but they don't do the groundwork. They don't do the the work that's necessary. It's we who do the work that's necessary, and then they hate our guts, which is why I despise so many of them. But this is important. Because this will affect the state houses, too. The state house and the state senate, every one of these states, it will affect them, too. And tell me, do you think a Republican could get away with this if they took money from COVID and gave it to conservative groups? Just the news, the Vera Institute of Justice reportedly received more than $10 million in funding from progressive megadonor George Soros' Open Society Foundation from 2016 to 2019. This week's Golden Horseshoe has awarded the Department of Health and Human Services Department of Justice for a 
$1.5 million in contracts awards to Soros-funded progressive nonprofit in the past year for legal services for illegal immigrants. Last year, according to Watchdog Group, opened the books, HHS awarded a $158 million contract for legal services for unaccompanied, undocumented minors to the same group, the Vera Institute of Justice, a left-wing advocacy group that backs defunding the police, criminal justice and bail reform, and releasing illegal aliens from ICE detention. As I've said on many, many occasions, they've destroyed ICE through the back door without having to remove its funding. We've talked about this many times. Same with the Border Patrol. The contract is now at $164 million as an additional $6 million was obligated by HHS in just the last week. It could reach $198 million. So this Soros-funded and back group is receiving hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars from the Biden administration. This group has supported defunding the police and Pasaki gets up there in front of those fraud reporters except for the deuce and talks about how Biden supports funding the police while they're backing an organization that supports defunding the police. Of the $164 million, HHS obligated $64 million in COVID-19 relief funds for the legal representation of undocumented accompanied minors. So they took money out of the COVID fund, where we were all told it's absolutely key, we must have it, it's and moved it over to assisting illegal aliens and their legal representation. What do you think about that? The Vera Institute of Justice is a behemoth, progressive nonprofit based on New York City, well over a $140 million budget, which they use to fund a slate of progressive causes and initiatives across the country, says Jason Hopkins, an investigative associate with the Immigration Reform Law Institute, whether that be criminal justice reform, bail reform, and also immigration. So your money is going to back left-wing front groups that are pushing agendas that you reject. The Department of Justice also awarded contracts to this group to fund legal services for illegal immigrants last year. Just the news has learned. They awarded five additional contracts totaling almost $37 million to the group for legal services for families. So you're talking about a quarter of a billion dollars in tax dollars. It includes $12.7 million for legal orientation programs, $4.7 million for family group legal orientation programs, $4.6 for migration court help desk. $5.3 million for legal orientation for unaccompanied alien children custodians. $9.4 million for the Executive Office of Immigration Review activities. They were all funded by the Executive Office of Immigration Review at the Department of Justice. They received $284 million in new appropriations in fiscal 2022. They had a balance of $48 million that they carried over into the next year. Millions and millions. And a review shows contra- a, a, a review of contracts shows the ballooning legal costs for illegal immigrants amid the southern border crisis exploding under Biden. How come McConnell isn't talking about this stuff? Instead, he's because he's a moron. That's why he's a jackass. The Republicans should oppose every nominee. The Republicans should go really to political and and uh, and and parliamentary rules war against this president 
But they don't have the leadership. They don't have a man who can speak to the American people. They don't have a man who can even speak to the caucus. He's a pauper. insurrection. We were all here. We all saw what took place. I have a question for you, Mitch. You were the head of the United States Senate at the time, wasn't he, Mr. Producer? What did you do to secure the building? We've talked about you in the past, but we've been moving towards Pelosi, given her positions lately. What did Mitch McConnell do to secure the Capitol building, ladies and gentlemen? Does anybody know? Did he ask President Trump for National Guardsmen? How come he has managed to avoid all scrutiny of any kind, despite the fact that he had a role, too, in securing that building? Mitch! What'd you do? And the reporters, they report and ask him questions. Why don't you ask him some questions, you you jokes? You pathetic buffoons? Mitch, what did you do on January 4th and 5th? And what did you do on January 6th? Well, Why don't you release your emails and your texts and your documents so we can all figure out what the hell you did, you jerk? I'll be right back. Much lovin'. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. The sleazy... The sleazy left and the sleazy rhinos seem to have a lot in common, don't they? Mitch McConnell condemning the Republican National Committee for centering Cheney and Kingsinger. When behind the scenes and closed doors, he threatens his own members if they don't fall in line. He doesn't criticize them for what they're doing or what they're saying. Mitch McConnell obviously believes it's okay. To be throwing subpoenas left and right at citizens without any predicate whatsoever. That's okay by Mitch. Mitch McConnell should not be the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. He doesn't reflect the view of the large majority of the base. And he's also embracing now Nancy Pelosi, the committee, and her tactics. Why? Because he hates Trump. Mitch McConnell is utterly and completely out of tune. He's not a righteous man standing up for principle any more than Liz Cheney's a righteous man standing up for principle. Any more than Adam Kingsinger is a righteous man standing up for principle. They're egomaniacs. 
They're egomaniacs. That's what they are. Peter Schweitzer wrote about Mitch McConnell and how he became not just a millionaire, a multi-multi-multi-millionaire through his in-laws and the communist Chinese and the freighters and all the rest. There's no investigation of that. Not by any ethics committee, not by the Department of Justice, because he's part of the system. Because despite all his mumbling and bumbling and buffoonery, he supports all this. He supports it all. And I mean this strongly. You won't find a left-wing Democrat who has a radio program. That's number one. But if you do, number two, condemning Schumer the way I condemn McConnell, because Schumer delivers for his base for the most part, no matter what they say. McConnell delivers nothing. McConnell was one of the bipartisan, infrastructure. And meanwhile, most of it has nothing to do with bridges. But he doesn't care. He's been doing this a long time. What's this? Lying through his, his gums. You know what he sounds like? Scooby-Doo. Remember that? I hated that cartoon. But doesn't he sound like Scooby-Doo? Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, but Scooby-Doo was more articulate, actually. So there we have it, the uh, Republican leader. And I'm going to keep bringing this up, because unless something's done about him, nothing's going to be done about anything in the Senate. By the way, Governor Phil Murphy on CNN yesterday, do you have any data proving school masks actually work? Cut 30, go. Yeah, but have you seen data that definitively proves that these mask mandates uh, have worked. Uh, I, I mean, the numbers you just presented are impressive, but are they different from the numbers in states where they didn't have mask mandates? Yeah, again, I know Jersey Jake the best, but I'm, I'm highly confident, and I'm sure our health officials uh, will, will, could say it definitively, there's no question they've worked. There's no question getting vaccinated, getting boosted, and wearing masks indoors have all been positive health, public health steps compared to the absence of any of those things in the alternative. Well, that was a lot of data, wasn't it, Mr. Producer? Meanwhile, he's going to drop it in March. He's going to. By the way, I understand uh, Fake Tapper and Chris Wallace are going at it, Mr. Producer. Who do you root for in that in that uh, mud match? I think I root for uh, Fake Tapper. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. 
Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Did I read this right today, uh, Mr. Producer, that the Biden administration wants to pay for crack pipes distribution, saying it's needed for racial equality? Did I read that correctly? An HHS spokes idiot told the Washington Free Beacon that safe smoking kits purchased under the program will provide pipes for users to smoke crack cocaine, crystal meth, and any illicit substance, the outlet reported. Nearly 40 years after First Lady Nancy Reagan created the Just Say No anti-drunk campaign, Biden is funding drug paraphernalia through the Department of HHS. HHS. And the concern here is racial equity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, is this not a stereotype? That you gotta subsidize crack pipes because of racial equity? These are grants. The priority population targeted for the grant funds are underserved communities that are greatly impacted by substance use disorders. Under an executive order signed on Biden's first day in office, underserved communities as defined, are defined as black, Latino, indigenous, and Native American persons. Asian American, in other words, anyone who's not white, let's just say it, and not straight. Apparently they don't have enough access to crack pipes. And awards the amounts of $400 per year per award. Eligible applicants include states, local, tribal, and territorial governments, tribal organizations, nonprofit community based organizations, and primary and behavioral health organizations. In response to just the news question as to whether safe smoking kits was another term for crack pipes, an HHS spokesperson said late Monday night it was blatant misinformation but did not clarify as to what the kits were. The spokesperson reiterated the purpose of the program and said the grants must adhere to relevant federal, state, and local laws or regulations. Unbelievable. They just don't have enough money, folks. That's the problem. And did you see, Mr. Producer, where the medical bureaucracy gave money out, grants out, to shoot dogs up with cocaine? Did you see that? Did you see that? Seriously. What, what, the, what the hell is going on? The abuse of human beings, the abuse of animals, and these people, oh, we care about the little, but they don't care about you at all. You're an experiment. You're, you're not even an individual. You're dehumanized. Look what they do to dogs, I mean, for God's sakes. In the name of, uh, of medical advancement? 
dogs? I mean, this is who is in charge of all that? It's so big, nobody's in charge of anything. Meanwhile, it's Trump they're against, and its supporters they're against. They, they, the reality the media create for us is an unreality, and they follow it. There's this, uh, this clown, McConnell, the other, they just follow it. Why don't they deal with actual reality and advance the cause of the human condition? But they don't do that. 9,000. Once again, our suspicions were correct. There's only a couple hundred American citizens in Afghanistan. Wait, 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 wait. You started with 15,000, then you went down to 10. All of a sudden, there's a couple hundred. A couple hundred. Now that six months or so have passed, ladies and gentlemen, as many as 9,000 of our fellow Americans were left by the Biden administration in Afghanistan. This is from a Senate report. As many as 9,000 American citizens, the Daily Caller writes, were left in Afghanistan when the U.S. military withdrew on August 31. According to a report released by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Public statements, Biden administration officials, including Secretary of State Antony Blinken, claim only 100, 150 Americans remain in Afghanistan. And it contacted the U.S. government with a desire to leave. The State Department Defense Department officials stuck to that number, even as the government publicly admitted that large numbers of American citizens were still leaving that country. The report signed by the Foreign Relations Ranking Member Jim Reich of Idaho reveals that State Department officials believe between ten and 15,000 Americans were in Afghanistan in late August 17. Remember I just said that. That's what we were talking about. And all of a sudden it's, oh, only 100, 100. By the way, only one's enough. But you get my point. In the next two weeks, only 6,000 Americans were able to escape the country ahead of the Taliban takeover and testimony in front of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Blinken claimed that approximately 100 to 150 remain in Afghanistan who still wish to depart. That guy ought to be brought up on charges, lying to Congress, don't you think? Estimating the number of Americans residing or visiting a country like Afghanistan is, quote, 50% art, 50% science, and educated guesswork, staffers of the former Kabul embassy reportedly said. Oh. Government officials had warned as early as 2007 that plans for withdrawal from unsafe and hostile nations would need a significant overall. Anyway, there's information that's come out tonight that suddenly there's, uh, there's, there's reports, there's documents showing that military officials had apparently informed the administration uh, that they needed to have plans earlier on the possible withdrawal of, uh, of American citizens and so forth. And uh, Mitch McConnell wants to talk about... Uh, Donald Trump and his supporters in the insurrection, quote-unquote. There's so much bad that's happening at the hands of this administration. So many horrible things happening, truthfully. Domestically and foreign policy. 
I've come to the conclusion, you know, the, the question is always, is, is Biden doing this? Is the staff doing this? I've come to the conclusion that Joe Biden is a sieve. That the reason they wanted him in is because they could control the agenda. He's got enormously radical individuals who are uh, surrounding him and serving in this administration. And they're more radical by the day. I mean, you have people who've been Marxists and others, who are, I should say. Then they deny that they are or were. People who were involved in violent organizations at one time or another. And they're controlling the agenda. And the Republicans have done precious little to stop them. Lindsey Graham basically votes for nearly every single one of them. Nearly every single one of them Lindsey Graham votes for. Why? Why? Are we not putting enough pressure on them maybe? I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating. This is one of the reasons I support Convention of States, by the way. I just don't think the answer is in the United States Senate. Don't get me wrong. We've got to politically battle wherever we can and wherever we, we should. That's not my point. I just don't think the answer is going to be found with Mitch McConnell. I don't think the answer is going to be found with a lot of these groups, uh, the, a lot of these uh, federal entities. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen... Hakeem Jeffries, who wishes to replace Nancy Pelosi, but she's not ready to be replaced. No, she wants to rule from the grave, if she can one day, I think. That's just the nature of Nancy. Hakeem, though, is getting tired. Tired of waiting. Because Hakeem represents the entire nation with his radical left ideology. And he's had a press conference today, and... He credits Joe Biden for the Omicron numbers dropping. Joe Biden did this. Cut one, excuse me, cut 28, go. Well, here's where we are uh, in America. Yes, job creation is up. By the way, wages. job creation is not up. Uh, they talk a lot about how the, 
have now manipulated the numbers, excuse me, adjusted them statistically, all of a sudden jobs are created. So you're going to get a mouthful from this guy, and you're going to know that he's lying through his teeth. Go ahead. Are up. Unemployment is down, and the Omicron variant is in retreat. There you go. And that's not by accident. Mm-mm. That's because under President Biden's leadership. Joe Biden, our leader. Isn't it time they put up billboards of Joe Biden, Mr. Producer? We need billboards. We need posters. We need we need signs in the front of our houses with a picture of our leader, our leader, Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden defeated the Omicron variant. Now, how did he do it? We don't have the foggiest idea, but it doesn't matter. He defeated the Omicron variant. Apparently, the variant does not react well to a president who spends 25% of his time in Delaware. That's how he defeated the variant. It's unbelievable. And I want to thank Hakeem Jeffries. Or as I like to call him, How Come Jeffries? I want to thank How Come Jeffries. He straightened it all out for us, ladies and gentlemen. It's the public health infrastructure that was put in place. It's the American Rescue Plan that was put in place that defeated the Omicron virus. We've never seen anything like this. And then there's Randy Weingarten. She's not transitioning, is she, Mr. Uh, Mr. Producer? Could have fooled me. Anyway, the president at AFT, AFT, the American Federation of Teachers. Now, what it ought to be called, with some exceptions, is AFCT, the American Federation of Communist Teachers. Now, again, all of you out there are not that way who are members, but too damn many of you are. And, of course, she's on the morning schmo today where she's welcome with open arms. Cut 31, go. I am in favor of an off-ramp on mass. Right. The real issue becomes, yes. Yes. Are, is, the, is, is the spread... Are, is, what, were you an English teacher? The real issue is... Go ahead. Low enough so that there's no dissemination or transmission in schools. And it's not the No teacher- dissemination or transmission in schools. Is there any illness... Where you can have no transmission or dissemination in schools. Any? Common cold, the flu, the bug? No. But Joe is, he's taken by her and Randy. Is that Randy with a Y or an I, Mr. Producer? An I, isn't That's, I think, the female spelling, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Go ahead. Transmitting to kids, um, it's more kids and kids, particularly in elementary schools right now. What the hell did she just say? I, I have no. Can you start from the top? Cut thirty-one. The head of this, the second biggest teachers union. Go. I am in favor of an off-ramp on mass. Right. The real issue becomes, yeah. Are, yeah. is the, is, is is the spread what? low yes. enough so that yes. there's no mm-hmm. dissemination or transmission in schools? Right. And it's not the teachers transmitting to kids. Um, it's more kids 
and kids, particularly in elementary schools right now. Mm -hmm. Wasn't my ears, it was her mouth. Utterly incoherent. So she should be the president. Let me let me address this, may I? She should be the president of the American Federation of Illiterate Teachers, or AFIT, AFIT. Am I behind on a commercial, Mr. Producer? No, I'm not. I'm ahead. Anyway, can you believe that? Listen. Masks. Oh. Why don't you teach our kids the basics? Why don't you get good at that? You know, math, science, arithmetic, stuff like that. Rather than genitalia, what you should do with your genitalia, uh, if you have the right genitalia, critical race theory, where you put down people based on their race and try and segregate the kids, like you're, uh, like you're pushing Louis Farrakhan's agenda. Why don't you try and focus on what you're supposed to do, you jerk? We pay for all this crap, you know. School masks. Mass. Like, there's absolutely no scientific support for this. None. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-8. 7-7-3-8-1-3-8-1-1. The Ottawa police chief. Canada is no longer a free country, ladies and gentlemen. In many respects, Australia is no longer a free country. As a result of the exploitation of the China Wuhan Corona. COVID-19 pandemic virus. Free speech is under attack. Freedom of association is under attack. Freedom to protest is under attack. And if you are a person in the middle class or a working class, as we call it, as the communists call it, then you're to be dismissed and abused. You see, here's the little dirty secret. The Democrat Party is a combination of the wealthy, self-appointed elite and the poor. 
and they try and suck in as many people in between as they possibly can by pretending they're for the little guy. By pretending they're for the little guy. When in fact they're not for any guy. They're for themselves. The poor need to remain poor. What is the program in our own country the Democrat Party has for getting the poor out of poverty? I don't mean the government program. What, what exactly is the, is the idea? Creating more government programs? Well, we know that's preposterous. That doesn't do anything. So they have none. They have zero. Their economic plans are that of, uh, of the Marxian type. As long as everybody's equal, if you're equal in poverty and starvation, that's fine. Just you need to be equal, except for them. That's why I have articles here. Pelosi spent over a half a million on private jets, despite claiming we have a moral obligation to reduce emissions. I'll bet 99% of conservative talk show hosts spent about 20 minutes on that. I won't. Exclusive Trouble in Paradise, scowling Barack Obama, inspects the construction of his new multi-million dollar Hawaiian mansion. So he's got a mansion in New York, excuse me, in Washington, a mansion in Martha's Vineyard, a mansion in Chicago, and a mansion in Hawaii. Because America is an oppressive, backwards, white-dominant society, of course. He's inspecting the construction of his new multi-million dollar mansion in Hawaii. Controversial seawall, which his neighbors fear will erode the beach line. How did he get zoning approval for his beach wall? I have a home on a beach. They would never approve a beach wall. So how did he get the beach wall? How do you get the beach wall? I'm sure the media will look into this. I'm sure the Hawaiian local press wants to find out. I'm sure the Washington Compost and New York Slimes. Philip Bump, he doesn't even have to get off his fat ass. He can take first class, fly to Hawaii, be driven to the location, ask questions, drive back to the plane and be flown back. Before you know it, there he is in Georgetown. Hey, the site was home to the famous mansion from Magnum PI TV series, which was torn down. His close friend and confidant, Mary Nesbitt, purchased the property for $8.7 million in 2015. The real buyer, of course, was Barack. The real buyer was Barack. He didn't want people to know. Here he builds this seawall on the beach, upsetting the environmentalists and his neighbors. Contributes to beach erosion, can damage the coastal environment, and he doesn't care. He's building his library and propaganda center right there in a, in a park area where many, many Hispanic Americans live, and they've been protesting. They took him to court, but Barack Mailhouse, Benito Obama, the little man's president, doesn't care. He plows ahead. Then he has among his favorite homes his home of Martha's Vineyard, where they had a party with no masks. Half the people got COVID. Clearly in a neighborhood that's very diverse, Mr. Producer. Between white people and very white people. That's where he puts his home. Amazing. Our uh, president... uh, Barack, Milhouse, Benito, Obama, down for the revolution, just as the leaders of Black Lives Matter are down for the revolution. Where are they? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. 
just as Nancy Pelosi's down for the revolution, eating her $18 a quart ice cream and her multiple properties and getting rich off of legislative decisions. Oh, how can you prove that? It's always the question. They don't have to prove anything. They just make allegations. I've learned well. Then we have Jamie Raskin. Remember him, the Red? His father was, uh, had ties to other Reds. He failed to report huge stock payout for his wife. Beautiful wife. <clears throat> he goes around, I'm Jamie Raskin. They think that's the wife. They think the wife's named Jamie. No, it's the congressman. His wife's name is Sarah Bloom Raskin. And she was nominated last month by Biden to serve as the Federal Reserve Vice Chairwoman for Supervision. That's how they reward the Raskins. Raskin's been on the two impeachment committees. I believe he's on the January 6th committee. He led the second impeachment trial. Um, And of course, his father was an old red, and he's a chip off the old block, in my humble opinion. And Sarah Bloom Raskin is a Duke University law professor, held high-level positions at the Department of Treasury and the Fed under Barack House Benito Obama. Of course, her nomination has been welcomed by radical kook leftists. Radical kook leftists. Um, she believes strongly in climate change and that... Uh, that it could endanger the central bank's independence, her partisanship. So, of course, somebody who has <clears throat> a climate change ideology needs to be heading or be one of the top people at the Fed. We all know this. The Fed nominee has previously argued that all financial institutions should reevaluate their relationship with energy companies. She's advocated for a push towards sustainable investments that do not depend on carbon and fossil fuels, like she and her husband do. And if banks and other financial institutions don't take these steps to distance themselves from fossil fuel companies, she said the Fed should penalize them. That's who we need at the top of the Fed, isn't it? First woman vice director of the Fed. I don't know that to be true, but you know how they throw those things around. And all of a sudden, their criticism proof. There are other uh, non-bank financial institutions... That are affected, of course. So, um, he failed to report huge stock payout for his wife. You know, <clears throat> he does this. Pelosi does that. This one does this. Schumer's two kids, his daughters, work for two giant tech companies. I'm sure it's purely due to their professionalism and experience and background. This is what they do. You have to live a different way. You have to work hard and get there the right way. But you don't contribute enough to society. These are all takers. These are all takers. And so to circle back to the point, we have people who are protesting what is being done to their lives, what is being done to their country. They're not like the Marxist left burning things down. But they want to be seen and they want to be heard. And they are being trashed left and right in Canada as they are in the United States. Peter Slowly, S-L-O-L-Y, 
is the Ottawa police chief. And they are now focused on breaking the truckers, breaking them. And anybody who supports them or gives them fuel so overnight as their trucks are running, they can stay warm in the 8-degree temperatures that Canada is known for. Here he is. Cut 38. Go. We have increased ability to identify and target protesters and supporters of protesters who are funding and enabling unlawful and harmful activity by the protesters themselves. Ah, they must be insurrectionists, Mr. Producer. Insurrectionists. Somebody go ask Mitch McConnell. You jerk. Slowly. Go ahead. Investigative evidence gathering teams are collecting financial, digital, vehicle registration, driver identification, insurance status, and other related evidence that will be used in prosecutions. You notice? They're going to prosecute these people. They're going to prosecute these people. Does this sound like a free country to you? Oh, Canada, what the hell has happened to you? Go ahead. Every unlawful act, including traffic and insurance violations, will be fully pursued, regardless of the origin, at any time in the future. You know what, pal? You would have been really, really good in the 1930s, may I say? I bet you like wearing uniforms and polished boots. And walking around with a riding stick. I bet you love it. I bet you love using guttural pronunciations for words in Canada, don't you, pal? Don't you? Do you like marching around the master bedroom? Is that what you do? Because you're a sick bastard. They're going to gather information, financial, vehicle, digital, driving, insurance information. They're going to monitor people. They're going to identify them. And they're going to prosecute them if they participate in the protest. Prosecute them. January 6th in the United States, I've said it and I'll say it again, the reason they're going after trespassers and paraders, we know why they go after violent people, I'm not talking about them, the reason they're going after the rest is to set an example. Do not protest at the Capitol building if you oppose the direction of your government. If you want more government, more power in Washington, your protests are welcome, no matter how violent. No matter if you charge the White House while President Trump's in there, you burn a church, the St. John's Church, you threaten people after the Republican Convention when people are leaving the South Lawn of the White House, okay, that's not an insurrection. But if you actually object to the unconstitutional nature of government, if you actually object to states illegally and unconstitutionally violating the federal constitution in the accumulation of electors, then you are the fascists. You're the dictators. And we will track you down and we will use SWAT teams and we will drag your ass to Washington, D.C. and you will sit there and rot until one of these left-wing judges and even the other judges decides to pick a court date. And then we'll have a commission accusing the President of the United States of being behind the whole thing. Right, Mitch? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Mark Burnovich is the Attorney General of the great state of Arizona. I was just there. I was in Tucson uh, this, what was it, last week, I guess. Mark, how are you, sir? Very good, great one. Thank you for having me on, Mark. It is my pleasure. You've done something very, very important respecting state sovereignty and immigration, Mark. I want you to explain that to the nation. Uh, basically, we have just issued a formal legal opinion, and basically the first of its kind, that says that President Biden, the federal government, is failing to uphold its obligations under the U.S. Constitution. And as you know, Mark, specifically Article 4, Section 4, says that the federal government has to protect us against invasion. And the federal government is supposed to be doing, dealing with national security, border security, and they have failed. And as a result of that failure, I believe our governor and any other governor can indeed say that there is an invasion going on, and that I think will allow the states to have more authority um, in enforcing our criminal laws to help stem the tide of illegal drugs and all the gang and cartel activity that's happening along our southern border and as you know is affecting so many other states because of the dramatic increase in fentanyl and methamphetamine coming into our country so this is very very important you've drawn the conclusion that the state is effectively under attack from an immigration perspective that it's affecting the health and safety of the citizens of arizona You have an obligation as the Attorney General of Arizona to protect the citizens of Arizona. And if the federal government's going to fail to do it, then the state has an obligation to step in and itself do it. Is that correct? Absolutely. You know, Mark, we have numerous lawsuits against the Biden administration uh, related to not only immigration, but trying to enforce our constitutional rights and limit the power of federal government. And the irony is the Biden administration has failed on so many levels, and the one thing they should be doing and they can do is to secure our border. They're not. So we have seen this, the on-ground violence escalate, the lawlessness escalate, the dramatic increase in um, drugs coming into our country. It's estimated that the cartels are making $14 million a day. So the Biden administration is enriching and empowering the cartels. And as a result of that, it does legally, we believe, constitute an invasion pursuant to our U.S. Constitution, and that means that the states need to do the job the federal government refuses to do. And so this is an exercise of state sovereignty. This is one of those powers retained by the states when they created the federal government. The federal government didn't create the states. The states created the federal government. And so as a result of that lawlessness and this increase of the cartel and gang violence at our border, um, we believe that it does constitute an invasion. It's a very important point. Uh, constitutional point you make, and you also make the point in your order here that, look, uh, there's a dual protection under the state constitution, under the federal constitution. Uh, We have an obligation to protect the citizens of Arizona. You can't just sit on your hands and and whine about this stuff. And what you're saying is that the uh, instrumentalities of the state can step up now and do whatever needs to be done uh, in lieu of the federal government's act. Let me ask you another point, I'm talking to Mark Burnovich, the Attorney General of Arizona, is running for the Senate, the Republican primary, whom I've endorsed. Mark, let me ask you this. A president of the United States, whether he supports a federal law or not, and there's been Supreme Court rulings on this too, but it's so obvious, has an obligation to enforce them. Now, if a president of the United States is intentionally not enforcing federal laws respecting immigration, and he's not, 
and the and the damage from that, the economic damage, the the damage. These cartels are getting footholds in states like Arizona that are becoming stronger and stronger. And this is a primary responsibility. I just want to ask you: Is that not at least something that the House should look at as a possible impeachable offense and conduct an investigation? Absolutely. And in fact, I've already called for Secretary Mayorkas to be impeached because he is failing miserably at his job. And I think of all your listeners know that he is the worst of all the appointees of the Biden administration. And that says a lot because there's a lot of bad ones. And so I think at the end of the day, uh, Mayorkas needs to be impeached. I've already called for him to be replaced. He won't. So Congress needs to do its job. He needs to be impeached. And clearly, the president is supposed to, you know, take charge and make sure that the laws are being enforced. And he's not. And whether that's our lawsuit where he is failing, you know, his interim guidance, where he's violating Title Eight of the U.S. Code, where he's not deporting people with deportation orders, whether it's failing to build the wall, uh, you know, you, you can go through a whole plethora of lists. But at the end of the day, just common sense, hardworking American taxpayers understand that there is a record amount of drugs coming in. I've seen as a prosecutor the price of let me, let me Let me take a break. I want you to continue. We'd like to hold you over. We're talking to the Attorney General, Mark Bernovich of Arizona, who's really pounding away. Conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. We're talking to Mark Brnovich, the Attorney General of Arizona, seeking the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate. I just want to circle back to your, your memo here. I'll call an order, if you will. And it points out, and you quote Scalia in here, that a state has a right to defend its territory against an enemy or an invasion. Yes. And you're saying that's exactly right. And we've waited to see if Biden will do anything because, you know, you have to create a record. You have to have the facts at hand. And you're saying, well, that's what's happening. We've got cartels. We've got everything going on here. Fentanyl flowing in here. You've brought lawsuit after lawsuit. You're keeping the Department of Justice bogged down, which is a good thing. But the reason I'm bringing this up, Mark, is this. Others can learn from this. You're going on offense. You're not sitting around, wringing your hands, just going on TV and radio. You're trying to find ways, ways that are obvious, ways that are not so obvious, to take on this administration and take on their policies in court. And it's wave after wave of litigation you're bringing. Do I have that about right? Well, thank you, Mark, for the kind words. And yes, and in fact, uh, just today I sued me and uh, four of my colleagues sued the Biden administration over his executive order that tries to set a minimum wage, even though that was rejected by the U.S. Senate earlier in the year. So once again, he's using his pen and his phone, apparently, to try to unilaterally write U.S. law. So we keep having to sue him, going on the offense, as you said. And in fact, on February 23rd, I will be at the U.S. Supreme Court arguing against Biden's DOJ lawyers and the public charge rule where the Biden administration unilaterally withdrew a rule that's the common sense rule the Trump administration adopted based on U.S. statutes that says if you want to come into this to the United States, we are the land of the free, we're land of immigrants, but we are not the land of the welfare state. So you have to be able to support yourself. And the Biden administration is trying to incentivize after decriminalizing people coming here. So we're going to be at the U.S. Supreme Court fighting his DOJ on that one just in a couple weeks. Let me ask you a, a, a question that's more about uh, not the law, but about policy. Why would a administration uh, 
want to encourage people to come to the United States who cannot support themselves but will immediately go on our welfare system. You know, it used to be past immigrants had to demonstrate that they could, um, you know, pay for themselves or they had people who would help them and so forth, that they wouldn't be wards of the state. This is the opposite. First of all, have you ever seen anything like this before? And secondly, what is the purpose? No, I haven't seen anything like this before. And just so you know, Mark, for me, this issue is personal. I am a first-generation American. My parents lived through World War II. They lived through communism. And when your family is not just studied history but lived it, you have this unique appreciation for how fragile and important um, liberty is, freedom. As Ronald Reagan used to remind us, freedom is not something we pass on to our kids in the bloodstream. It's got to be fought for. And that's why I'm doing my role as attorney general, why I'm running for the Senate. And I think you, I know you know the answer, and I'm sure most of your listeners know the answer, is what the Biden administration is doing and the progressive left and the people talking in Uncle Joe's ear is they are trying to essentially centralize all power in Washington, D.C., socialize our economy, and make people to be dependent on central authority. Because the far left, the progressives think they know what's best, and they have no appreciation for understanding of liberty and freedom. And this is the road to tyranny. This is the road to serfdom. And that's exactly what the left is doing. And so I think by trying to encourage people to come here and break the law, undermine the rule of law, and then try to give them benefits, it, we essentially now um, are having people come into the United States for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, we are a land of immigrants, a nation of immigrants, but at the end of the day, we are most importantly a nation of laws, and the Constitution has to mean something. Every tin horn dictator, Mark, had a Constitution. They had one in the Soviet Union that guaranteed all sorts of stuff. Didn't mean anything. Words on paper. Venezuela had all sorts of laws. It was a constitutional republic. It had, you know, one of the most prosperous economies. And then a communist dictator, Hugo Chavez, came in and systematically started arbitrarily confiscating property, destroyed the independent judiciary, and it's now an economic basket case where people live in tyranny and fear. And my concern, my worry is, if you know history, and you know this, this is all about your book, um, what is happening right now is this is all neo-Marxism. This is all about the far left, the intellectuals that want to control our lives and centralize power, uh, everything from the economy to elections in Washington, D.C. And that's why we got to fight. That's why I'm fighting, brother. And this is why I think you'd be uh, outstanding in Washington. Um, and what you're doing now is very, very important in terms of uh, leading the way in this litigation. And I'm glad you're going to be arguing the argument, making the argument at the Supreme Court in February later this month, because I think you'll be very, very effective. The name is Mark Burnovich. Mark, if people want to get in touch with you and help you, whether in Arizona or elsewhere, nice and slowly, what do they do? (laughs) Burno4az.com is the website. B-R-N-O. F-O-R-A-Z.com. People can find out more about me, my background, why I'm running, and why I'm the guy to take out Mark Kelly here in Arizona. By the way, what does Mark Kelly do? I, I, I mean, other than the, the, the <laughs> lap boy for Schumer, seriously, I, I never hear from this guy. Do you hear from him well, back in Arizona? No, no, you know, I was just down at the border. All the folks down there, both Republican and Democrats, are very frustrated. And I think that's because he spent more time in space than he does in Arizona. So he just doesn't get our state. He doesn't get the importance of the Second Amendment, our, our Western heritage of strong individualism and not trusting the federal government. He doesn't get that. He cares more about Chuck Schumer than he does about Arizona taxpayers. I think that's quite right. All right, Mark, take care of yourself. Be safe, my Thank friend. You, Mark. All Thank right, you. God bless. I like that guy.
I really do, don't you, Rich? He be he's a he's a he's a he's an attorney general who takes it to them. I really think he'd be good in the United States Senate. How many of you have been watching the Beijing Olympics? You know how much I watch, Mr. Producer? None. I'm not into the Winter Olympics to begin with, but none. Zero. Apparently NBC is uh, very, very busy making sure they don't upset the genocidal Marxist regime there. One of its uh, broadcasters dared to mention the Uyghurs, and he was pulled early. Uh, Well, we had other assignments for him. No, they didn't, but they yanked him. Then you have them slobbering all over, all over China on the Today Show, which is so yesterday. The Today Show slobbering all over communist China while they're, uh, while they're tr- trying to attract particularly women to watching. Isn't this great? They bring in cooks, you know, oh, look at this, we can make eggs uh, without chickens here. And they do stuff like that. But they're all the same people in terms of ideology. This Michael Strahan, which one is he on, Mr. But I saw him the other day. Good morning, America, right? Sounds like a huge lib. Is he a huge lib? Michael Strahan sounds like a huge lib. You have to be a huge lib to be on any of these shows. Now, he may have always been one, but I don't know. It's, it's very weird. And look at The Rock, this, this moron, The Rock. Popular. People watch him. Why? He's a schmuck. First, he's for Joe Rogan, then he's against Joe Rogan. Because of the pressure. Oh, the rock. Yeah, the rock head, the muscle head. This whole Joe Rogan thing comes down to free speech, folks. I'm not talking about the Constitution. It's nothing to do with the private sector. I'm talking about free speech. Has to do with whether you're going to put up with the mob and the bullies. Just like when you were a kid. The same people who went after Rush, the same people who come after me, the same people who come after Fox, and right now the same people go after Bill Maher and others, they're going after Joe Rogan. This is all orchestrated. It's a setup. And people are praising, what the hell is that platform called again? Spotify. Oh, well, the CEO said, you know, they're going to take 100 shows away. Um, and uh, Joe's okay with that, and... Uh, But they're not going to take Joe off. No, of course not, because he's in $100 million to Joe Rogan. And there's an audience outside the kooks. Outside the kooks. Joe Rogan used the N-word, they say, and they they put it together, a left-wing group. It's all organized. Was the context that he was reading from something? I have no idea. None. Because no context is provided. Not that you should ever say it, but was he reading some news article? I don't know. But these are the same people who defend Joe Biden, who not only used the N-word, but was a racist and a segregationist. Didn't seem to bother them. These are the same Democrats that walk around under the flag of a party that fought for slavery and segregation and Jim Crow. Let's stop playing games. The reason they want to take out Joe Rogan is because he's independent. He's the number one podcaster in America. Nah, he's probably the one, number one podcaster in the whole world. They went after Rush, tried to take out the number one broadcaster 
in the world. Rogan, the number one podcaster, unless he falls in the line and marches behind them, whether it's wearing a mask, whether it's some other mandate or so forth, they're going to keep attacking him. If he doesn't show strength in the face of adversity here, if he doesn't put on his UFC hat and kick the S out of these people and fight back, he's going to hurt himself. I really believe this. You've heard the line, if you're going to go down, go down fighting. I don't think he's going to go down. He's too big. But nonetheless, it happens. Fight them. Fight them. Don't apologize. Most of the people attacking Joe Rogan are reprobates. Who have a lot to demonstrate and a lot to explain themselves. It's all organized. It's an organized campaign. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Those of you who are members of Blaze Media and watch Levin TV, after 10 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, this extremely... Actually, it's in front of the... uh, paywall so all of you can be able can watch this on levintv.com or youtube my interview with brenda with brendan struck with brandon struck please watch this interview it's it's over an hour you don't have to watch it all at once but it's going to be tough to stop watching it once you do it's going to be on youtube it's going to be on marklevintv.com we'll also have it on the blaze will make it ubiquitous, but it's in front of the paywall. So let me correct myself. You actually do not have to be a member. Be nice if you were, if you're not, because this is the sort of thing that I do. So please check this out. Please check this out tonight. All right. Let us go to Canada. XM Satellite. Dan, a trucker. Dan, how are you, sir? Hello, Mr. Levin. I've I'm absolutely fine, and I'm just ecstatic to finally get through and say hello and thank you for all that you do. Thank I've listened you. to you for 15 years, one year longer than I've been married. <laughs> wow. Thank but, you. Uh, yeah, I turn you on at 3 every day, and uh, I've learned so much from listening to you. Thank you, sir. And what's happening here in Canada, I've never been so proud of my fellow citizens that are putting those flags up. And it's sad to see our prime minister treat our fellow citizens the way he is. It's mm-hmm. horrible. And you are so lucky, and your Americans are so lucky to have the media that you still have. Mm-hmm. All we have is state-run media, and they just beat down us working folks, if you want to call us that or whatever. It's not just blue-collar people that are tired of these mandates. Mm-hmm. You know, there's pilots that have lost their jobs that have been yep. flying for 30 years, and they've lost their jobs, sir. And it just, uh, it's a freedom movement, and it's it's none of the bureaucrats lose their job, do they? None of the politicians lose their job. None of the government-centric workers lose their job. No, and the truckers, people wouldn't be eating, among other things, if it wasn't for the truckers. So it's amazing how they talk down to you there, the politicians. It's grotesque. They're going to monitor. Uh, driver's license, insurance, and everything. I mean, they are they, these are these are police state tactics you would have find with the Stasi in East Germany. It's disgusting. Oh, Mark, you're exa- you're exactly right. I've read your book. 
um, American Marxism. I'm, I'm trying to get the word out because it's not just American Marxism. Mm-hmm. It's as far as I'm concerned, it's global Marxism. It's a good and, point. And our, our 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 children have been taught this garbage. You know, I'm done school for 27 years, but it started then. You know, and and they've planted a seed in the young people, and and they're drones. They're they're like mm-hmm. zombies. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing my part every time I open a conversation. I mean, people think I'm a kook, but I don't care. Nope. You got to fight for liberty. I don't mean using weapons or anything. You've got to use what what you're teaching. You're teaching us. You know, we've got to back it up with with words that come out of history, right? And that's that book that you wrote is just it's just bloody marvelous. And the uh, one on climate change chapter on climate change. That's my biggest weapon. Well, thank you, Dan, and God bless you. Dan, the trucker out there, you you guys are heroes, whether in Canada, Australia, the United States, Britain, you guys are the best. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and you truckers out there who make sure we're fed, and the farmers and everybody in between. God bless you all. I will see you tomorrow. Be right here, same place, same time. <laughs>